are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locks on Diamondbacks podcast. It's part of the Locks on Podcast Network. Your team every day listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas, multimedia journalist, and I'm a graphic designer. So please check out my website, MillerThomas24, thatmyportfolio.com. I'm there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account. Or just look up Locked on Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Now, for today's show, we got JT Shorter back on the podcast to do our end-of-season MLB award show. We discuss the MLB breakout pitcher, breakout position player, biggest bust position player. We talk about all the madness that happened Sunday. So it's going to be a jam-packed pod. You're not going to want to go anywhere. Remember, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. And also, again, I need to do this every podcast because you guys are the ones that make this podcast go. So thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So shout out to you guys for making this podcast possible. Now, let's jump right into the podcast with JT Shorter for the end of season MLB award show. Back wow. on the pod. This is why you got muted. Back on the pod once again, we got Janton Shorter the second to do some MLB season end of the awards or end of season MLB awards show. You saw JT Shorter back on the pod back when we did our midseason awards. And so we are doing the updated award. We're going to see where we were right, where we were wrong. I mean, I guess I should have wrote down what we had at the mid-season point, but that doesn't really matter. It's the end of the season. D-backs walked it off last night. They got the number two pick in the draft. They secured their draft slot. JT Shorter, how are you feeling today? Feeling good, Millard. Thanks for having me back on. Uh, it's been a couple couple months, but baseball is finally coming to an end, unfortunately, and it's time for my reappearance. Yeah, I guess it's time for your reappearance. Yesterday was a pretty crazy day in baseball outside of the D-backs walk-off. There was a lot going on. The Giants and Dodgers were fighting still for the division winner. You had a four-team wild-card race in the American League. Red Sox and Yankees had the two wild-card spots. They controlled their destiny. They had to win Sunday to secure a wild-card spot, but they had the Mariners and Blue Jays just a game back of them. So, Entering Sunday yesterday, JT, who did you want to see in the American League take home those two wild card spots? I actually wanted to see the Mariners get a shot at at this pulling guy. it off and seeing if the Yankees and Red Sox could both blow it to give them a shot. But I did want to see the Red Sox in there. Uh, Red Sox haven't been in, what, two, three years? Um, good to see them back in the, the wild card hunt, at least. Was kind of upset the Yankees made it. Not a big Yankee fan myself. They kind of slacked on the way in uh, towards the end. They gave it up, so... Um, 
was unfortunate to see the, the Mariners lose and kind of blow their chances. And the Red Sox came back tremendously in the end. Devers with those two big home runs to kind of keep them the team in it um, when the Nationals are giving them a pushback. But it was a good a good Sunday for the baseball. Um, not mad at it at all. Yeah, I mean, I was nervous for the Red Sox game. I wanted to see the Red Sox advance. They were down 5-1, like you said. Needed a furious comeback just to beat the Nationals, who don't give a crap at this point of the season. They're not even trying to win games. Uh, the Blue Jays, they were a team I was super terrified of, and they were, they won 11-2 over the Orioles, so they did their job yesterday. I really wanted the Yankees to not make the postseason. I was really hoping the Yankees screw up and maybe lose yesterday's game and I didn't care if it was the Mariners or Blue Jays. I just didn't want to see the Yankees make it to the postseason. And in the end, we're going to get Yankees, Red Sox tomorrow. I believe it's going to be on ESPN, maybe TBS, maybe TNT. I honestly don't even know what network it's going to be, but I don't think we're going to see Chris Sale tomorrow. I think it's going to be Garrett Cole possibly versus Devaldi. What are you prepared for tomorrow? Is this going to be the greatest wild card game ever played between the two greatest rivals of any sport? I don't think it'll be the greatest game in history, but I will say I think it's going to be a good game. Um, I think the Red Sox are going to pull it out towards the end. Um, I don't see them going down to the Yankees in a, a clutch situation. Anyway, Big Poppy wouldn't let it happen. All the former Red Sox will not let this happen. Um, so the Yankees might lose, honestly, because even towards the end, they lost that that game on Saturday, was it? And almost blew it on Sunday. So they're on a downward spiral. I know they celebrated hard yesterday, but they needed to come back and need to come back tomorrow to play well against the hot Red Sox. Um, and we'll see what happens come tomorrow night. I don't know if I would consider the Red Sox hot, but they definitely need to win tomorrow, of course, if they want to get to the divisional series. But the thing I would be scared of the most, if I'm the Red Sox, uh, the curse of trading Mookie Betts, and maybe this is the karma that they're going to face, the wrath they're going to face for trading a franchise star. They went 86 years after trading Babe Ruth, had to go through the curse of the Bambino. Now I'm scared we're going to have curse of the Betts, Mookie Betts, I think he ended his season pretty strong. You can never trade a guy like that and think your team gets better. But here the Red Sox are. They're back in the postseason. Red Sox, Yankees. I'm excited for the matchup. I'm hoping, I'm praying the Yankees are not able to come into Fenway and pull off an upset. But when I look at these two teams, they're pretty even. I mean, the Red Sox rotation is pretty disgusting after Chris Sale, after after Nate Evaldi, too. They got a couple of bullpen arms. It's not the worst bullpen. It's really their lineup. That's their strength. And you can really look at these two teams and say the same things. They both have one really good starter, Garrett Cole, Chris Sale. They both got a few boppers in their lineup. Judge, Stan, J.D., Martinez, Bogarts, Devers. And both their bullpens are kind of questionable. So I really do think these two teams are pretty even on paper. So I'm really excited for that game Tuesday now that the D-back season is over. I'm just going to throw myself into the Red Sox postseason. We'll still bring you Dimebacks coverage, of course, five days a week. But we're going to be talking probably a little bit a little bit more playoffs here on the pod as the postseason is upon us and as it's going on because – Let's let's face it. The D-backs, nothing's going to be interesting about them until free agency begins. We're going to be doing free agency topics and things like that. But right now, there's really nothing interesting with the D-backs. I mean, JT, I don't know if you know this, but 
there wasn't one Diamondback player that finished the season on the active roster with at least 15 home runs. Just think about that. In modern baseball, you can't have one guy that hit 15 home runs. Absolutely disgusting. And to just make matters worse, the D-backs want to have a walk-off victory. They had the number one pick in their grasp. JT, you're the college baseball guy. Do, do you know anything about Elijah Green and the potential for him to go number one? Because I know you watch a lot of college baseball. Maybe I'm putting you on the spot, but but what if you have the number one pick, is Elijah Green the guy you're taking? Definitely not prepared for uh, um, some draft talk right now, but um, I think his name has been circulating around that number one pick spot. And if whoever had, has that pick doesn't take him, I think they're stupid. Um, it's wow. just the hype right now is is so high on him. I don't know why you wouldn't take him. I mean, there's plenty of other guys who are out there, and we still have plenty of time to go before draft time comes around. But um, definitely not the best decision for the the D-backs to blow it on that last that last play and kind of messing it up for them. A number two pick's not bad, you, like no. you said, Miller. The, the draft doesn't really matter all that much, but it does matter in certain cases where you can get a a franchise star to come to your team who's young and can kind of grow in the organization or use him as trades for a possible hall or a veteran who can turn your team around, which the D-backs definitely need. Yeah. I've always said, I don't think you need to tank in baseball to get the best player in the draft, but when you've played 161 games, you've only won 50 of them and you only need to lose one more to get the number one pick and choose any player you want in the draft. At that point, I'm like, yeah, let's just tank this last game. Let's get the number one pick because after watching a season like this, I guess they avoided the worst record in franchise history with that win. I guess that was the positive, but I think I would rather have the number one pick. That's what I talked about on yesterday's pod. Go back and catch up if you missed that. I would rather have the number one pick than avoid the worst record in franchise history, but that's just me. JT and I will continue our MLB end of season award show, but with the ever increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts your car will need. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are always reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, box? So they know we send you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts a car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Let's get back into the pod. Let's segue now. We know why we're here. We know why you're here. You were here during the midseason, midseason MLB awards, but now the season is over. We are going to be handing out the awards to all the players, and maybe down the line I'll do a podcast handing out awards to teams, but today we we're just doing players. JT Shorter here midseason. Now you're here at the end of the season, and the first award we're going to be doing is Breakout Pitcher of the season or maybe most improved pitcher however you want to you know frame the question either way JT Shorter who's your breakout slash most improved pitcher for the 2021 season Millard I know all the D-backs me I I would love to make you my my breakout play your breakout star on the podcast locked on network got the verification but not you Millard another former D-back Robbie Ray 
Might even be a Cy Young winner. What did the D-backs do in trading this man away, letting him walk? Why? Why, Miller? This guy had a phenomenal season. Led the league in about three pitching categories, I want to yeah, say. Yeah. Top five, at least. I don't know if it's just the, the D-backs, uh, the managers, or what's going on over there. Even J.D. Martinez left, and he had a, a breakout year. Um, so, Robbie Ray is going to be my breakout pitcher of the year. Um, I guess throughout the league, um, but more specifically the AL. Um, he was just had a great 2.48 ERA. Pitched 30, 32 games. That's a lot. That's a lot. I mean, we came for, came back from a, a COVID year and then to go 32. We only played about 60 games last year. So um, I'm honestly very impressed with how he pitched and 248 strikeouts. Maybe there's some steroids going on, but I don't know. Robbie Ray, breakout player yeah. for me. And that's funny you bring up the 60 games because that was a point of that, that was a point a lot of people were talking about as we entered the season because Tori Lovello, the manager for the D-backs, talk a lot, talked a lot before the season about how they were going to kind of limit Zach Allen just because, you know, these pitchers didn't pitch a lot. He's the franchise pitcher, so they didn't want to put too much of a workload on his plate. And Robbie Ray, as you were saying, led the American League in innings pitched ERA and strikeouts. I thought it was the pitcher triple crown. That's what I talked about with Scott Cullen of Locked On Fantasy Baseball. But no, wins is the third stat, not innings pitch. But still, to lead an innings pitch, strikeouts, and ERA is absolutely phenomenal. I had him as my AL. I did a AL and NL for breakout pitcher. I had Robbie Ray as my breakout pitcher. I think that was the easiest thing to call of maybe any award we did today. The you know I, I've been talking with some people on Twitter, and they told me, the biggest difference between Robbie Ray this season and years past, all they did was go back to his original delivery. That's the case. I don't know why the D-backs and the trainers tweaked his delivery in the first place. And the funny thing about Robbie Ray, there was always talk about how he was a three true outcome guy. He gave up a lot of home runs, struck out a lot of people, but also walked a lot. Well, this season, he still struck out a lot of people. He stopped walking people, but he still gave up a lot of home runs. He was still like top three in the American League in home runs. He gave up over 30, but it's okay because he struck out more players than anybody. And he also stopped walking people. So that was a big boost for Robbie Ray. So I agree with him as the breakout pitcher of the year, at least in the American League. In the National League, though, I wrote down a Freddie Peralta. I thought this one was really close as well. I was going back and forth between a Peralta and a Logan Webb. Both both of those guys, I think Peralta has probably been a little bit better the last couple of years. Logan Webb really was like a, maybe a number five starter, signed for nothing with the Giants this offseason and had a phenomenal season. But the reason why I give it to Freddie Peralta, even though he might have been a little bit better in the past, just because he was a lot better during the regular season. Logan Webb, don't get me wrong, might still finish top 25 in Cy Young voting, top 15. But Freddie Peralta should finish in the top seven, I want to say. I mean, the National League Cy Young voting is going to be stacked, as we're going to talk about here. But I, I think Freddie Peralta deserves breakout pitcher of the year for the National League. He was the number three pitcher for the Brewers. But he can easily, with the season he had, be the number one pitcher on pretty much any rotation in baseball. Logan Webb deserves the consulary prize as the number two runner-up. And then I even had a Julio Urias of the Dodgers. He played a full season. I had him as honorable mention, too, for the American League breakout pitcher. I also had Carlos Rondon as a honorable mention for breakout pitcher. I think he threw a no-hitter, too, earlier in the season. He had like a 2-3-9 ERA. So phenomenal 
season by Rondon, phenomenal season by Webb, phenomenal, phenomenal season by Urias. But I had to give it to Robbie Ray and Freddie Peralta as the two breakout pitchers of the season. JT, any problem, any issues with those? No, I liked all those. I liked all those picks. It was a tough year pitching wise, honestly. Honestly, very surprising for for just coming off, like you said, the COVID year. Um, all these guys somehow stayed healthy and uh, led their team to a lot of victories, um, which we really haven't seen in a, f- <laughs> a few years of us. Just stacked pitchers back to back to back where it's going to be tough to see. I guess for a breakout pair, player and as well as Cy Young, um, it's going to be tough to see who we got in the next couple couple weeks when the awards come out. JT and I will wrap up today's portion of the MLB end of season award show but we're back and better than ever and all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season as always bet online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season with the new updated site and interface even more odds props and contests bet online continues to be the number one source for everything football Head to the website or use your mobile device this time today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Let's wrap up the pod. And honestly, it was only tough for the National League. The American League pitching was kind of garbage almost. I mean, I think Robbie Ray, Robbie Ray is going to be the only one. Uh, well, he's not going to be the only one. But of like, according to qualifiers by baseball reference, if you do it by the qualifiers, there's only one. Robbie Ray's, I don't even know what the qualifier is on baseball reference, but however they have their qualifier system, Robbie Ray's the only one that qualifies for an ERA below three among all starting pitchers in the American League. Of course, like Carlos Rondon and Lance Lynn also had ERAs below three, but I think they only pitched around 150 innings pitched this season so maybe they didn't get the threshold that baseball reference respects but not not a lot of low era guys in the american league when you juxtapose it with the national league who have like 25 dudes with a sub three era uh, i think the national league pitching absolutely destroyed the american league pitching this season but i also believe the american league is, is also a little bit tougher when it comes to offensive talent maybe that's a conversation for another day but let's move on jt biggest breakout position player or biggest or most improved position player for the 2021 season so i think it'd be a consensus throughout everyone the shohei otani um mm. with him being a pitcher and a, and a hitter i kind of gave him to on the hitting side his pitching kind of kind of slowed down a little bit as we get as we progressed in the season and people started to figure him out still throwing well but um his hitting was phenomenal was top three in home runs this year um kind of a breakout bat really haven't seen him do that much offensive production his whole since he got hurt, I guess that that first first year he came in. Um, so he looked tremendous. I'm I'm curious to see if he's going to be able to follow it up next year when people start to figure out <laughs> uh, not to throw to him because he's such a powerful bat. Um, he looks much stronger and is definitely going to compete for a, a, a triple crown possibly down the line. Um, his hitting is phenomenal and just all around. Can't you can't beat an outfielder who can also pitch 
every other five days for you um, and kind of save you a spot on that that pitching rotation. So, yeah, I think Otani and Vlad are probably the two obvious answers for breakout position player. But I actually went with a different answer here because I did it relative to their expectations. I think people still thought Otani was going to be a stud. I think we've at least seen enough flashes from Otani. Maybe we didn't expect a 45 home run, 25 stolen base kind of guy, but I don't think people would have been surprised if it was like, you know, 24 home runs, 15 stolen bases. I think that's more what people expected. I I think he just had a phenomenal season. Same with Vlad. Like, I think if you told someone before the season, Vlad was going to hit 30 home runs and bat like 280, have 100 RBIs, people would have been surprised by that the almost 50 home runs like 130 rbis top five in pretty much every offensive category i mean look at you in fantasy you drafted him in like the third round so obviously it's not that crazy that he's having this kind of a season so because of that my breakout player of the season is cedric mullins of the baltimore orioles yes his team was garbage but he was the only all-star they had this dude did a little bit of everything on the field he had some power he had some speed he was consistently the Orioles best player throughout the season I think he I don't know if he went overlooked because at least he made an all-star team but Cedric Mullins was probably the MVP of the Orioles throughout the season you could still make a case for John Means you could still make a case for uh, Trey Mancini as well, but Mullins had 30 home runs, 30 stolen bases, a 30-30 season, batted 291, 878 OPS. Phenomenal season by Cedric Mullins. My AL breakout player of the year had a runner-up for Kyle Tucker of the Astros, who's been kind of good, but I thought he had a really great season this year. The Astros had a few breakout players. I mean, they had uh, Gurriel's like 37 or something. Jordan Alvarez has been good in the past, but this was like a full Full season of him, just complete elite production. So the Astros had a couple of people you could name here as well. And then my breakout position player for the National League. I had two Cincinnati Reds. I was heavily considering, but I went with Jesse Winker just because I don't think anyone thought this was going to be a guy that was going to enter the MVP conversation as the season went on. I mean, this was a dude who, if you just use fantasy as a, like, if you just use fantasy as a reference point, this dude was someone I picked off the waiver wire. Like he wasn't even being drafted in leagues. And so to think a guy who wasn't even good enough to be drafted in a 20 round fantasy draft is going to finish top five in MVP voting, maybe not that high because of injuries toward the end of the season. I feel like I'm going to have to give it to Jesse Winker, but I can't disagree if you give it to Castellanos either. Those two were neck and neck in terms of improvement, in terms of Being in the MVP race, they were on the same team as well. So I'm giving it to Winger, but I can't be upset if you give it to Castellanos either. Then my last runner-up for that was Tyler O'Neill on the St. Louis Cardinals. He had over 900 OPS, 30 home runs, was a big run producer in the middle of the lineup, really helped spark the offense during the second half resurgence for the Cardinals, who've been absolutely on fire. I'm praying I'm praying they face the L.A. Dodgers and Adam Wainwright at age 40 destroys the Dodgers. We probably won't see Kershaw. He might be done for the year. I don't think I've really heard anything new or any updates on the injury with his forearm and everything that's going on there. But breakout player, you have Otani. I'm going to have Cedric Mullins for the American League and then Jesse Winker for the National League. Any last thoughts on the breakout position player, Janton Shorter? 
I was going to say Castellanos was big on social media. He might have been a broke out, breakout player just because everyone knows his name now from just his poor, poorly hit, poorly timed home run hits. Um, well, your list was great, Millard. Uh, I think Cedric Mullins definitely Thanks. had a, a, fun, a fantastic season um, for the for the awful Orioles. Um, maybe he, he needs to find a new team that can use his, uh, maybe not the Padres, but another team that can use his talents um, more productively. But we'll see what happens. Baseball is always a game of, you know, Every year it changes, so maybe the Orioles will be, be the best team in the league next year. That's it for this edition of the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with JT Shorter to continue our biggest bust for pitchers in both leagues. We're going to be discussing the coach of the year, and we might touch on rookie of the year, too, depending on time. And remember, thanks for making Lockdown Diamondbacks your first listen every day. Remember, it's free and available on all platforms, so please tell your friends to subscribe, listen, and review. And we'll be back tomorrow, as always. So for you, I need you guys out there to just stay safe, please, and try to stay healthy. Deuces!